0: You are listening to a message from Parkway Pentecostal Church in Corona. Today's message is labeled, The Exchange of the Cross, and it is presented by our lead pastor, Jay Black. Our service times are 10 a.m., and we would love for you to join us, right here in Corona on Murray Drive. The Exchange of the Cross. This, I've had this message ready to go for weeks. I just feel to release it this morning and to end with ministry. We sing about it. We thank God for it, we sang about it this morning, we hang it in our churches, we put it on our Bibles, we decorate with it, but the church isn't the only place where you'll see images of the cross. Everyone from pop stars to movie stars will jewelry in their ears, around their necks with the cross. Some tattoo it on their back or arms, wearing clothing with it emblazoned on it, make the sign of the cross after shooting a basket or making a touchdown. Everywhere we look, the cross is evident. The crusaders slaughtered thousands under the banner of the cross. The medieval church burned at the stake and kept people in bondage in fear and controlled the populace using the cross as the rallying point. The cross itself is just two pieces of wood, very simple in its structure yet recognized around the world. The cross is probably the most used, abused, misused, misunderstood, divisive symbol of any religion anywhere in the world, but it's also the most revered, the most loved, the most inspiring, the greatest passion is inspired through it, devotion, and it, it instills hope more than any other symbol, probably in any religion of the world. As a symbol or entity in itself, we can make it mean almost anything. Yet the reality is this, that the cross, those two pieces of wood that point vertically binding humanity to God in heaven and heaven to earth and to horizontally binding mankind to mankind in reconciliation is still the power of God for the salvation of people. Does anyone agree with me this morning? no matter how much it's been derided, no matter how many attempts to take its message out of the public spectrum, uh, no matter how much attempts to cheapen it or outright do away with it, the cross of Jesus Christ will never lose its power to save, to heal, to deliver, to set free, and to usher us into eternity. The cross is just as relevant in 2016 as it was when Christ hung between heaven and earth. The cross, as a symbol or entity, holds no power. It doesn't matter how many people hold it up in movies to ward off vampires or evil spirits. The cross, as a symbol, holds no power. Thousands upon thousands of men and women were crucified during Roman occupation and dominance of the world. In fact, during Spartacus' insurrection, 6,000 people across the Roman Empire were crucified in one day. The cross was a, a, a way to torture and kill people. So the cross that we celebrate and cling to isn't so much... A cross is a symbol, but as the one who hung on it and the sacrifice he made. And historically, on the cross, when Jesus cried, it is finished. That completed work still has repercussions for all who embrace it today. People have tried to add to its work. The cross plus something else. More recently, people have tried to do away with its necessity. This past Easter... My dad uh, was involved in an ecumenical service, Easter services, leading Lent services, where every week a different church hosted a Lent service. And uh, he sat in this meeting with Christian, or so-called Christian pastors. And, and a pastor that my dad describes as a sensitive and caring fellow, because my dad's more diplomatic than I am, expressed his concern that the Lenten services would have too much focus on blood and gore during the speaker's messages during the sixth Weekly messages. This is what my dad told me. After a long silence, my dad felt constrained to reply because no one else did. The Lent is a period that leads us to Good Friday. And Good Friday is a commemoration of the crucifixion. And the crucifixion was attended by extreme physical as well as spiritual and emotional suffering of Jesus Christ as he made his soul an offering for sin. Good Friday is associated with blood and core because the crucifixion was a horrific scene of death with blood and gore, and without the shedding of blood, the Bible tells us, there is no forgiveness of sins. The blood and gore of Good Friday came before the blessing and glory of resurrection, and my dad, of course, being the master of alliteration, said, the glory of the cross before the glory of the empty tomb. And I'm going to be honest with you. If, you, if you take the centrality of the cross out of, out of the church, then you've got a weak and anemic church and message. If you take the cross out of the church, you've got nothing but an empty world religion that has nothing to offer anybody but form and ritual. And I told my dad, and I sent him a message, and I said, Dad, I'm so proud of you. If you know my dad, he's soft-spoken and doesn't speak up. But I said, Dad, there's a time to agree to disagree. There's a time to build bridges, and then there's a time to take a stand and say, no, this is too important. And I was proud of him for speaking up. In a Christian service, my concern is it might be too gory and too blood-focused. You know what the sad part is? That pastor died away a few months later at 50-odd years old. And I'm not sure where he would spend eternity. Take the cross out of Christianity and there's nothing left. Even before Jesus began his ministry, the devil tempted him. You know why? Because taking the cross out of the work of Jesus is nothing new because Jesus, even before he started his ministry, went in the desert and he was tempted for 40 days. And the devil tempted him for a crossless crown, a kingdom bought, not with uh, blood, but with compromise. Jesus himself said the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as what? A ransom for many. So the bad news is Jesus had to die. But the good news is Jesus did die. And that sacrifice will never have to be repeated because it was sufficient for all time, for all people, and for all things. And John chapter 19, verse 28 and 30 tells us this. Now now knowing that all was completed, Jesus said, it is finished. That word finished uh, is tetelestiae, which means to do something perfectly and completely, to bring to an end, to accomplish, to fulfill, to bring to a conclusion. Anything that has reached this finished state has arrived at completion, maturity, or perfection. And so the work accomplished on the cross is complete and it's perfect. It doesn't need improvement. It was done right. Done right the first time and done completely. It fulfilled all things necessary. The cross brought the plan of salvation that was first prophesied in Genesis at the fall of humanity. Expounded on in the law. Illustrated and anticipated through the sacrificial system. Celebrated and hoped for in the worship, the feasts and the festivals of the Old Testament and spoken of through the prophets. The time between his betrayal, his arrest, his abuse, his scourging and trial until he was nailed to the cross, declared it is finished and giving up his spirit to completion jesus christ brought all of those old testament figures and 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 things to maturity and completion and fulfillment four thousand years culminated in the ultimate fulfillment of god's plan of redemption was complete when jesus cried out it is finished think about that it was finished The Old Testament had fulfilled its purpose because its purpose was to lead us to Jesus and what He would do on Calvary. Amen? And historically, Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. He lived, He taught, He healed, He modeled perfect humanity. He was betrayed, rejected, crucified, and buried, and on the third day rose again once for all time. But what He accomplished once for all time still goes on today. The work still has effect today. The work is completed, but the effect goes on. Amen? Isaiah 53, 46. Beautiful passage of scripture. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each one has turned his own way and the Lord has laid on him The iniquity of us all. That word iniquity is the Hebrew word avon, which means guilty, or listen to this, or perversity. It can be summed up in the statement rebellion. But it goes even deeper than that. Because that word iniquity doesn't only carry with it in the Hebrew language the understanding of what was done, but also the consequences and the guilt that is carried because of what was done. And so God made to meet on Jesus as he hung on the cross the guilt, the rebellion, the perversity of us all and all the consequences that follow. Sin brings estrangement from God. And what did Jesus cry out? My God, why have you left me? Because he took on the guilt and the estrangement that our iniquity caused. The Bible also tells us surely he took our infirmities. Don't miss this. We serve a Jesus who took care of it all on the cross. I'm going to say that again. We serve a Jesus who took care of it all on the cross. Surely he took our infirmities. And again, in the Hebrew language, infirmities can mean physical, mental, or emotional weakness. Illness, malady, ailment, disease, disorder, sickness, affliction, complaint, indisposition, frailty, weakness, disability, or impairment. Surely he took those on himself when he was on the cross, he took our infirmities. He carried our sorrows, the Bible tells us the disappointments, heartaches, depression, sadness, mournings, regrets, anxiety, pain, and loss. He carried our sorrows to the cross and paid the price for them. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. Thank you Jesus. Isaiah 53 speaks directly to the exchange of the cross. Do you see the picture here? On the one hand, Jesus punished on the cross. On the other hand, we receive peace. On the one hand, Jesus took our infirmities and took those stripes on his back. On the other hand, we are are healed. On the one hand, Jesus was forsaken by the Father. On the other hand, we are received by the Father. All the evil and the consequences that follow meet together upon Jesus. He became sin. He didn't just pay the price for sin. The Bible tells us he who knew no sin became sin. Think about the last vile, perverse, uh, hate-filled, gossipy, judgmental thought you had. Jesus became that. He became that on the cross. Why? He became our sin. Our account was put on Jesus so that all the righteousness, sinless perfection and benefits of perfect obedience that Jesus earned before the Father because of His perfection, now that is put on us. Our sin was put on Him, His righteousness on us. Uh, Our imperfections put on Him and the judgment that comes with that. And His perfection and the favor of the Father is put on us. Thank you, Jesus. That is the exchange of the cross, friends. Justice is served, so mercy is released. Sickness is atoned for, so health and healing is received. Burdens are lifted. Guilt and shame are dealt with, so forgiveness and freedom are offered. The divine exchange of the cross. Mercy. Bob, you didn't think of a song, but I put one for you this morning. Mercy there was great, and grace was free. Mercy there was great, and grace was free. It's not free, but it's free for the taking. Because it cost Jesus and his son everything. The divine exchange of the cross. Evil came upon Jesus, so that good might come upon us. I'll say it again. Jesus didn't die so we could decorate churches. And I'm not being crude and crass, but Jesus didn't die so pop stars, porn stars, and everyone in between can wear them hanging around their neck while they involve themselves in the very sin he died for. Jesus didn't die so that we, as Christians, have something to sing about. Jesus died on the cross because it was absolutely necessary. Because someone is going to pay uh, the price for the iniquity that is on us all. I had a discussion with the, with the prayer team. I won't tell you what it was about specifically, but I, I, I was interacting with somebody this week who, who's involved in what, in, in just involved in a life without God living true to themselves, apart from God, just a sinful, immoral lifestyle according to Scripture. And as I was speaking with them, the Holy Spirit put on my heart again and said, they will not go to hell and spend a lost eternity, eternity with me because of this one sin that Christians like to point at but they will spend a lost eternity away from me because they reject what I, my son has done on the cross. There's only two people in the world. Those who are going to stand before God and say, okay, God, lower the gavel on me and we'll see how I turn out. Or, okay, God, I'm hiding behind the blood of your son Jesus. Am I, am I like getting food to anybody this morning? Jesus became a curse so that we might be blessed. Listen to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. not sure where the rest of the message is. Here it is. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. The curse came because of our disobedience. But Jesus, as our substitute and representative, took the curse on himself so that we might have the blessing. But what was Abraham's blessing? See, often we quote that verse, he became a curse so that we could be, but, but it goes on to say "But that the blessing of Abraham, the blessing of the Jewish people, of Israel, of God's own people living in covenant relationship with him might come on us. What was, what was the blessing given to Abraham? Well, I think Genesis 24-1 sums it up. Abraham was old and very advanced in years, and the Lord blessed him, say it with me, in every way. Why? Why? What does that mean? So, so Jay, break it down for me. Well, Jesus took our iniquities. He took our sicknesses. He took our infirmities. It's his peace that is upon us. Abraham was blessed in every way so that you and I can be blessed, body, soul, and spirit, and in our emotions and in our entire being. Amen? He became a curse so we could be blessed in every way. The curse came. and Jesus is our substitute. He was blessed in all things, Abraham was. When we look at the gory, horrific scene of the cross, think of the injustice of Jesus' arrest and trial, the shame of his mockery and abuse, sickened by the violence of his scourging, saddened by the rejection of his people. Look at him. See his face swollen, broken, bleeding. In agony from his head to his feet, soul crushed, abandoned by God, carrying the perversion and sin of all people, feeling the weight in his body, soul and spirit, the wrath of God being poured out on the evil of the world, the sins of the world. The evil did that to Jesus. Evil did that to Jesus. No, but that's not even accurate. My evil did that to Jesus. Your evil did that to Jesus. So let's borrow from Isaiah. It was my iniquity, my sin. My rebellion, my perversion that did that. It was your iniquity, your sin, your rebellion, your perversion did that to Jesus. See him hanging on the cross? The reason that we can never forget the gore and the blood of the cross is because that's what we deserved. That's what we deserve. That's what we earned. But see Jesus hanging there in your place and mine, taking on himself what I deserve so that I'm free to receive what he deserves. That's a good line. Because that's a good truth. Jesus is taking what I deserve so I can receive what he deserves. Hear him say, my God, my God, why have you left me? That's the abandonment my sin caused. Hear him say, Father, forgive them. That's not just spoken to the soldiers who are putting away their hammers and nails. It's not just spoken to the Jews who are mocking him smirking spitting it's not just spoken to his followers who abandoned denied and betrayed him no he's speaking those words to you and he's speaking those words to me father forgive him doesn't know what they're what what he's doing on the one hand my sin and my life on jesus on the other hand jesus sinless perfection offered to me in those words father forgive him father forgive her how is it possible? Because Jesus cried, "It is finished." He paid the price, so our sin was taken away, placed uh, taken away from us, placed on Jesus, and discharged by His death. John, uh, the the Baptist, summed it up when he said, "Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world." Hebrews 9:28. Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. So we exchange our sin, and in return we get His righteousness, the benefits of His right standing before God, according to 2 Corinthians 5:21. So on the one hand, Jesus absorbs the wrath of God, so that on the other hand, God can release His love to us. The cross made us to be baptized with Christ in Romans. The cross brought us near when we were estranged, according to Romans. The cross made us uh, to be crucified with Christ in Galatians. The cross has seated us with Christ in Ephesians. The cross has strengthened us by Christ in Philippians. The cross has hidden our life in Christ in Colossians. And the cross has us ruling and reigning with Christ in Revelation. That's what we get because of what the divine exchange that happened on Calvary. Thank you so much for listening to our message. If Even you want to head notice, we'll go with it. The cross about is Parkway, a historical you can fact. You can visit our website. It's a historical fact, but I want you to know church. the cross com. is very much in our future. And if feature. you like what you hear, why don't you Here's join why. us? We would love Revelation to do Revelation 5 on a Sunday which morning is a glimpse of what is still to come declares right that right now Corona, in heaven, this is what's going on. You see, heaven gets it right. There's a focus of worship in heaven that is both gory and glory-based because heaven understands the price that was paid. Heaven understands that you can never set aside the work of the cross diminish the work of the cross or put aside the cross because it's too gory for us to handle because heaven understands the importance of what Jesus did I want to read you something this is my favorite passage of Scripture in all of the Bible I know you shouldn't have a favorite but it's my favorite anyways because it's what is yet to come it's what you and I are going to experience and I want you to see the focus of it okay are you ready then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain standing at the center of the throne encircled by four living creatures and the elders the Lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of Him who sat on the throne. And when He had taken it, the four living creatures and 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, if you know this, listen to what they're saying about you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. Why? Because you are were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and elders, and in a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and wealth, wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and him on the the sea saying what are they saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and glory and power forever and ever and the four living creatures said amen and the elders let's stand right now and give 30 seconds of praise to the lamb honestly worthy is the lamb worthy is the lamb it's by your blood jesus your blood jesus that you redeem people from all mankind thank you lord Thank you, Lord. Friends, the cross is in our past, but it's in our future in heaven. We will declare worthy is the Lamb who was slain. The glory, but the glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb. Behold the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Behold the Lamb who takes away my sins. Who heals my diseases. Who treats me with loving kindness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated. Thank you, Lord. Man, I can't read that scripture without getting excited. And I hope that pastor that my dad challenged, I hope, I hope he had a faith in Christ that allowed him to hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. But I know the gore that leads to the glory is his focus now if he's in heaven with Jesus. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the, is the, is the focus of worship and Jesus as the lamb is the focus of worship. The world and even some pastors and so-called Christian churches may try and soften the offense of the cross and with the centrality of the sacrifice Jesus paid. But in heaven, the saints... The elders, even the angels, are declaring the cross and the lamb who was slain. Thank you, Lord. So what is exchanged? Jesus was punished that we might be forgiven. Jesus is wounded that we might be healed. Jesus was made sin with our sinfulness so that we might be made right in his righteousness. Jesus tasted death so we might share his life. Jesus was made a curse so we could receive a blessing. Jesus endured our poverty so that we might share His abundance. Jesus bore our shame that we might live for His glory. Jesus endured rejection. Now we have acceptance of God. Jesus was cut off so we might be joined to the Father. Our old person is crucified with Christ, so you and I can sit here today as brand new creations. He defeated Satan, disarmed principalities and power, broke the power of sin so that we could live in resurrection power, overcoming sin, Satan, and any obstacle. I love the passage of Scripture that says, He made a mockery of them on the cross. Thank you, Jesus. He conquered sin so we could live free from sin. Thank you, Lord. Can we have the worship team come? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In my flesh, I wish the Spirit of the Lord had shown me this morning that I was going to speak on this so I could have read it over ahead of time. I just pray that in the weakness of preaching this morning, you understand that there was an exchange that happened on the cross for your every need this morning. Jesus has paid the price. And if you're here this morning and you have not made a decision to make Jesus Christ as your Savior, I just encourage you and urge you that before you leave today, the necessity of the cross, the necessity of the price Jesus paid for you, God loves you. Many people say, well, God is love. But the scripture never stops there. The scripture says God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. Why? To accomplish everything that we looked at this morning because of the necessity of the cross for your life and my life, for the forgiveness of our sins. God does love you. God is passionate about you. God cares for you. So much that he gave Jesus so that Jesus could take your punishment so you could take his righteousness. And so in just a minute, we're going to have people stand and, and we're, just going to, we're just going to... Thank you so much for listening. We hope today's message encouraged and blessed you.